0: And I also must say, Sarah Wilson is a much stronger and better woman than I am, because if I was her, Mr. Barnes would have had different sleeping arrangements. (laughs) Okay, let's not
1: get creepy, shall we? (laughs) There are some lines one should not cross.
0: Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris.
1: And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things marvel.
0: Madams Assemble. Amy, I have officially decided to change my name after this latest episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
1: What are you changing your name to?
0: Ron Burgundy. Damn, see, I knew. I knew it wouldn't land. <laughs> I wanted to take a chance, but I just knew it. How you have not seen Anchorman in the last 17 years is beyond me. But anyway, I am in my own personal glass case of emotion. I can't deal. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was a bit of a roller coaster. We pretty much pick up where we left off in this episode.
0: Yes, I was like a living pendulum. Just going back and forth between crying and laughing this entire episode.
1: Okay. Well, I will say this episode had a slower pace and it was certainly needed. It was a bit of a breather before all the insanity then comes in next next episode.
0: Yes. And oh my God, the music.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good music.
0: The guitar that we hear throughout the Louisiana sequences made me tear up a bit. I believe that's called funk music. I have no idea what it is. You know better than anyone that I cannot speak in any way intelligently about music or art, but it hit me so poignantly, like made me tear up. Mm -hmm. Along with so much else in this episode.
1: Yeah, there were a few poignant moments. I liked it.
0: And apparently, and this boggles my mind as much as all the questions of the universe, (laughs) there are some people out there who do not know who Julia Louis-Dreyfus is. Okay. I don't know whether to be infuriated with them or sorry for them. How anyone could not know who this legend with a closet full of Emmys is, is beyond me.
1: Well, I won't say anything because there have been times where I have not known some people and it's been
0: interesting, your reaction. Well, this is just entertainment blasphemy. I can't even. <laughs> we'll get to her.
1: Mm-hmm. To be fair, she does look pretty different. I mean, recognizable, but little different. How? What are you talking about? It took me a second to recognize her. How? I don't know. You're, it just you're one of them, a aren't you? Don't lie. You're one of them i knew who she is she's in seinfeld and veep and i've seen enough of those damn gifs on tumblr to know who she is i haven't actually seen any of other stuff and i do know seinfeld i mean i've seen a couple of episodes
0: i do not like this side of you i don't know what this means for the rest of our partnership
1: you win some you lose some okay i have certain (laughs) disappointments with you so it is what it is
0: (laughs) So, speaking of total and utter disappointments, we begin with John Walker.
1: <laughs> nice segue. I like it.
0: Why, well, thank you. Yes, he is running into an empty warehouse. Mm-hmm. Running like the coward he is. And he is totally losing touch with reality.
1: I don't know about losing touch with reality, but there's a lot going on. He's very disoriented and... Mm-hmm overwhelmed with everything that just happened and obviously the fact that he's just taken the super soldier serum he's still adjusting it's all playing with him
0: yes and I think they do a great job of showing this with the wobbly camera the blurriness of the scene and Wyatt Russell is just again superb
1: yeah and the super close-ups that they're doing with him it really adds to that discomfort.
0: Yeah, he's got a mental break going on here. And this is what I mean by losing touch with reality. He's got this whirlwind inside of him. Grief, Mm -hmm. guilt, shame, denial. He can't deal with it. Yeah, he can't. And I had said this a few episodes ago, that his type is generally the kind of man who won't take responsibility for any of his fuck-ups. And this is exactly what he's become. Okay. So in his mind, as he's kneeling here, he is already rewriting history. He's already rewriting Lamar's death, his role in it. And it's almost like he's kneeling there in the light, absolving himself. I wonder, is he praying in that moment? And if so, to whom?
1: Okay. That's interesting. I didn't think of it that way.
0: Because he has this moment as if he settles himself and then gets up, time to go to work.
1: Mm-hmm, right. That could also be attributed to his military lifestyle, you know, push it down, just get to work, just do what needs to be done. True. And he did that when he heard Sam and Bucky come in.
0: Yes, and in typical Sam fashion, he comes in immediately trying to de-escalate the situation. Right, yeah. And I think an important point here is that he and Bucky both, they keep calling him John. Hmm. They're trying to humanize him to himself. Trying to connect with him in any way.
1: Right, isn't that like, based on what I've seen in tv and movies negotiating one-on-one call them with their first name
0: yes and sam would know that right and he tells him gotta give me that shield man
1: yeah and that's when again walker shifts
0: yeah because that's his mindset yeah and again this is such a critique of Toxic masculinity in America, the concept of this white man who embodies all these ills, who thinks a black man is trying to take something away that's rightfully his. Mm -hmm. And to his credit, Sam ignores this. Yeah, he ignores it because he's trying to get through
1: to Walker. And for Walker, like he has tied his identity to Captain America so much that the idea of anyone even temporarily just taking the shield away from him because he doesn't know that Sam wants to take it away permanently Mm -hmm. is something that's just unbelievable and he cannot accept or comprehend that.
0: Yeah, they're one and the same. There is no difference any longer between John Walker and Captain America. Right. And I don't think he'd have gotten to that place without the serum.
1: I think he was well on the way. The serum is a symptom, not the cause of this problem.
0: I agree, but I don't think it would have gotten anywhere near this intense.
1: Not so quickly, but eventually, yes. I think a combination of the serum and Lamar's death was the perfect storm for Walker to just lose himself and just want to be this ideal. Yeah. Because being human means having flaws. And he can't Mm -hmm. deal with that right now.
0: Good point. So he leaves Sam and Bucky no choice. It's time to fight for that shield. Right. And what a fight it is.
1: Oh, it is. This fight, it's fantastically choreographed. And both Sam and Bucky have time to shine Mm -hmm. in this. And when it comes towards the end of the fight, when Bucky is holding walker's arm and sam is trying to pull the shield and he's using his wings to power that it reminded me a lot of when tony mantis and spider-man were trying to get the gauntlet off of thanos
0: yes that is an excellent point i did not catch that but you're totally right
1: yeah so that was like a very interesting parallel over there And I really like the fact that Sam, he's a good fighter, but he was using his wings in a close combat situation with such ease and and kind of adding to his skills as a fighter, Mm -hmm. as a tool.
0: Yeah, that is one of Sam's strengths is adapting to what the moment calls for. As long as he's in his element and not on a dance floor in (laughs) Madripoor.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: I actually had to pause this scene part of the way through. You know, this show has hit me in ways I did not anticipate heading into it. Mm -hmm. And I think there were a lot of women who felt this in the same way I did watching this. Just when I thought John Walker couldn't become any more of a monster he he tore a page right out of the abuser's handbook when he said to Bucky, why are you making me do this? My mouth just dropped and I started to shake, which hasn't happened to me in some time. That took me back to places I don't like to travel back to, which means Wyatt Russell, you're doing one hell of a job. Keep it up, buddy.
1: Yeah, indeed. He was fantastic. And that line st- stood out to me, too, because... Nobody was making him do anything. The fact that he was trying to put this blame out on someone else is, again, showing that he's not able at this point to take responsibility for anything.
0: Exactly. And that's a typical abuser. Nothing is ever their fault.
1: True. Agreed.
0: It's never their fault when they beat the shit out of their wives or girlfriends. It's never their fault when they break furniture and Mm -hmm. you know destroy lives
1: right yeah and he doesn't hold back at all we see with both sam and bucky he tries to use the shield again in the exact same way to try and kill both of them
0: yes it was genuinely frightening yeah yeah he was like a rabid animal Mm -hmm. whereas bucky and sam were trying to mostly defend themselves but also restrain him.
1: Right. Yeah. Their goal wasn't to kill him. No. His was.
0: Yeah. And the fact that they were even the two of them combined having trouble, it makes me wonder if Walker is still getting some chemical help on top of the serum.
1: Maybe he had some before. Who knows?
0: Yeah. I'm thinking he's still down in those uppers. Mm Mm-hmm. And he looks certifiably insane holding Sam, ripping those wings off and screaming, I am Captain America.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was
0: animalistic. Yes. And oh, the sound design of that arm snapping. (laughs) Mm. Uh
1: (laughs) Mm. I thought it was a bit too loud. That wasn't realistic.
0: I think the warehouse, the acoustics in the warehouse could potentially amplify it
1: that's true and also super serum you know it's not just the bone breaking it's the muscles tearing as well yeah i was expecting a different reaction from you
0: well this was this was a little rough for me i've been pretty crackety crack this week so i did not need to hear that one oof but (laughs) i think it was i think it was a little easier because i was so happy it was him
1: Uh uh-huh i was expecting you to be like when i would get All daredevilly with the details, you'd be all squeamish.
0: I'm not giving you the satisfaction. I'm not doing it.
1: (laughs) Okay. This is not going to be an orbital socket situation.
0: Anyway, (laughs) they finally, my God, it takes forever to take this man down. And that's another reason I think he's still got some chemical help is because he is kind of acting like somebody like.
1: Like someone who's on steroids. Roid rage.
0: Yeah, or like somebody who's high on PCP or something that gives you, you know, extra strength. Because to take Mm -hmm. on both of them like that and nearly win, it's a little much. Okay. So exhausted Bucky finally is able to give the shield to even more exhausted Sam.
1: Yeah, and that was a very telling moment. Mm -hmm. The first time when I watched this, when... Bucky got up and he took the shield. He looked at it for a second and then he walked over slowly to Sam. For a minute, I thought, are they going to actually make Bucky Captain America? Is this what it's going to be? Like, okay, Sam's been quite iffy about it. Is this him saying, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll just take it.
0: Oh, I didn't think that for a second. Yeah, it it just came,
1: came to me for a second. And then he walked up to Sam and dropped it next to him. This was again, like, an unsaid thing. Like you need to keep this. This is yours.
0: Yes. And Sam's, he gets it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the turning point for him.
0: Yes. The way he, he sits up and wipes the blood off almost reverently, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can see that, that hurt in him and seeing what happened to the shield and how much it meant to Steve and how it's tainted.
0: And I think that's a big moment for him. And we're going to see this later in his good talk with Bucky. I think this is the moment he realizes the meaning of this shield has to change. He doesn't know to what yet, but he knows mm-hmm. something has to change about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's the one who needs to do that because you can't expect anyone else to understand or even think that something needs to be changed.
0: Yeah, for sure. So Bucky and Sam head back to the camp that the GRC has now closed down. So we get a little bit
1: of a quick exposition dump that a lot of the GRC camps have been raided and a lot of the followers have been arrested, but Carly has gone underground with her core team.
0: And we're getting all of this from the return of Lieutenant Torres. Yep.
1: And he... (laughs) and he tells Bucky, good to see you've got your sleeve back. (laughs) Poor guy was so concerned about that sleeve.
0: Yeah. So the gist of it is, the GRC has now taken jurisdiction over the manhunt for Carly. Sam's out, and Bucky is off to deal with Zemo.
1: Yeah. And the reason they're out is because of the media circus with what John Walker did. So it's become this huge international incident. So... The higher-ups want to take care of the situation their way. In other words, they want to cover their asses.
0: Of course. So we've got the shield and we've got Sam's broken wings there. Interesting that Sam hasn't told anyone how they got destroyed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things people are keeping to themselves in this episode. Yeah.
1: And I think Sam did that on purpose. He didn't want anyone to know that he took the shield. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that the shield is actually there, it's right next to the wings.
0: Right, but I think he trusts Torres enough to not say anything.
1: Yeah, because he knows what's going to happen. He knows that the government's going to tell him, give us the shield back. Right. And that's not going to happen again.
0: No, he's not going to make the same mistake twice.
1: Right, if he does, he's, he's a bigger idiot than John Walker was. Agreed. And then he walks away without taking the wings
0: i think this is important on several levels Mm -hmm. one it shows he's ready to embrace the shield he's ready to move on from being the falcon i also think he no longer wants the reminder of those wings okay partly he's okay with saying goodbye to the wings especially since he already lost red wing it's kind of like a shedding of one identity you know when he's ready to move on to another
1: Yeah, I think so. Because now as Captain America, Steve didn't have wings. So he's giving up his identity as the Falcon. And also we know from the first episode that this was Tony's technology. And Tony's not there anymore. So it's not like it's going to get repaired. And he may have the ability to do a little bit of tinkering with certain smaller things, but not with something like this, where the wings have been pulled apart and completely destroyed.
0: True. And Marvel needed a way to pass the wings on to Joaquin Torres, who hopefully will stick around because he became the Falcon in the comics.
1: Yes. This was kind of passing of the torch moment.
0: Yes. Now, something I want to bring up now, we're going to see in a few minutes, but it's just as relevant here. Mm -hmm. It seems like... Sam also didn't tell anybody that Walker took the serum. Yes. Why? That's what I'm wondering. I have a couple ideas. hmm I think Sam has Bradley in his head, number one. And I also think that Sam doesn't want to see Walker killed, no matter what he's done. hmm He doesn't want him experimented on, potentially. He doesn't want the government to change their minds and say, oh, actually, oh, you're, say, you're a super soldier now? Let's really put you to work, buddy. But it's muddled by the fact that Walker doesn't tell anybody either.
1: Yeah. So Sam not telling the government makes perfect sense. Because, yes, it may be possible that what you said is true, that he has Bradley on on his mind and perhaps that Walker might get experimented on or used further ahead as as another tool. The reason he, I think he didn't tell them was because he was, he was shut out.
0: I see. So you're thinking, if you're not going to keep me in the loop, if you're not going to share, well, I'm not going to share either.
1: No, not that way. Sam's better than that. He's not petty. No. They were running off the books from day one. Torres was their only point of contact. True. If you recall, in the second episode, Sam went into this whole Flag Smasher's thing because he was trying to get away from dealing with Captain America. Right. And it was only Torres who was giving him the information. This was kind of like he had a personal connection with Torres because of working with him and Torres idolizes him. So they kind of went together and did this thing on the side knowing that the government hasn't officially sanctioned them, but won't punish them for getting rid of their problem. right? And then when this has blown up in their faces, Sam has to quietly shut up and sit down. Otherwise, he will be in bigger trouble than Walker probably would be.
0: You're right. Yeah, because Walker blew everything out in the open. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Now, we've established that the GRC is a pretty nefarious organization. So I'm against them just on principle. But I got to say, as someone (laughs) who has experience dealing with terrorists, this is a bad idea with the Flag Smashers. You got to negotiate. You got to have a give and take here if you want to be successful. Okay,
1: hold on, hold on. I know your cat has issues, but she does not qualify as a terrorist.
0: Look, the fact that she is 13 pounds does not make her any less evil or destructive or resistant to the rule of law okay we've reached a compromise i'm saying if i can reach a compromise with her wherein i get to work in peace during the day and she gets free access to my bedroom then the grc can work something out with carly is she aware of said compromise She appears to be, at least for the moment we have reached a detente. It seems to be working.
1: Okay. All right. Keep me posted. I have Mm -hmm. a feeling this is going to blow up. Just like the Walker situation. (laughs) I do not want to find you in an abandoned warehouse.
0: Don't even joke that I would decapitate my baby. (laughs) So yeah, speaking of Walker, let's head over to Washington now for his, shall we say, disciplinary hearing. So right off the bat, I could see here that he was still on the train to crazy town because he shows up in his dress uniform with messy hair and he's unshaven. Mm -hmm. That's a grand no, no. Members of the military can't even show up to just their regular day job looking like that if you're that scruffy depending on who you are in your relationship with people where you're working you're either getting sent home to shave or you're getting a letter of reprimand
1: okay well he's kind of passed a letter of reprimand at this point
0: oh i know but my point is the type of man he is this uber military man if he was right. in his right mind would never show up looking like that
1: okay fair yeah yeah he does look quite scruffy I think at this point, he's past caring. Yeah. He thinks he's better than these guys. He knows better than them.
0: And interesting to note that the same senator who introduced him as Captain America is now stripping him of that identity.
1: Right. Yeah. He seems to be everywhere.
0: Yeah. How about that? Hmm. So Walker is not only stripped of the Captain America title. He is being other than honorably discharged from the military, no rank in retirement, no benefits, nothing. Right. Only his record is keeping him out of Leavenworth.
1: Yeah. So what is an other than honorable discharge?
0: So that falls into a gray area between an honorable discharge, which is what most people get, and a dishonorable discharge, which is like the ex-con version of the military like you get dishonorable discharge you're fucked in terms mm-hmm. of finding gainful employment in the future it's very difficult okay other than honorable is basically it's only his record that is keeping him from a court martial and further punishment
1: okay fair enough
0: and this is really powerful this break again that walker has here he cannot accept this judgment
1: yeah and to be fair he deserves to be heard out at least once these guys are essentially just shutting him up and telling him to go away
0: well that's also how the military works you don't get to speak unless you're told you can speak
1: well yeah true
0: but he does have a point here he tells them you built me I Mm -hmm. lived my life by your mandates. And he's right about that.
1: Yeah. He's the perfect soldier.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of basic training. So, you know, basic training varies across the different branches of the military. It's harder and some easier than others. It's not like full metal jacket anymore. They don't do that kind of shit, but it's still brutal. The whole point of basic training is for drill sergeants to break a person, to shatter their identity and build them back up into the person they want them to be. Mm -hmm. And it's brutal. My husband is not an emotional person in any way. In 11 years, I have seen him cry three times. One of those times was the weekend he graduated from basic training. When we got to the hotel I was staying at, And he was finally able to just let go and decompress. Mm -hmm. So Walker absolutely has a point. He was molded into Captain America. He is a product of the system and he embodies all the macro problems of the U.S. military industrial complex. Right. And now with the serum, it's only made his ego stronger and his identity more narrow. So Mm -hmm. honestly, when he says that he is Captain America, he's not wrong. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. And I find it interesting that during this outburst of his, he's holding back. He could have broken the table, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. He didn't want anyone to know that he has the serum. Yes.
0: And he doesn't want anyone to know yet that he doesn't have the shield. Yeah. Because he is too humiliated to admit why. Mm-hmm. So this means that the government not only doesn't know that Walker does not have the shield, they don't know that Sam does. Right. And like you said, Sam's not about to tell anybody. Yep, true. And this whole time, oh my God, I feel so bad for Walker's wife.
1: Yeah, she's in a really tough position. She's standing by his side. And it's going to be a tough journey that they have, because clearly, even later on, while they're sitting outside, she's telling him, "Okay, you need to focus. You need to do one thing at a time. Yeah. She will probably be his only grounding force, if at all.
0: Uh, My concern is that she's going to be his next victim. Mm hmm. That woman needs to run. Okay, Far, far away. Because he has lost control. If he, even for a second, thinks that she's turned on him in that paranoid brain of his, it's going to be her neck his hand ends up on.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Now tell me, when you first heard those heels clicking on the floor, who did you think was coming? Sharon. I thought it was going to be Dr. Rainer. Why? I don't know. That was just my first thought, thinking, you know, she worked with Bucky. And I was thinking maybe she's going to come to Walker and attempt to work with him, too. Or in the back of my mind, there were some people who thought Dr. Rainer was nefarious in some way. So I thought maybe that w- might be part of it. Oh, I was not expecting the queen bitch herself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hold on. You wanted Dr. reyna to show up because then you wanted to win our bet, isn't
0: it? I don't know what you're referring to. Uh-huh. Okay. Next episode. Final
1: episode. We still have a bet going.
0: Now, I don't know about you, but just personally, I have not been this excited to see another human being since my husband came home from a year in Korea.
1: <laughs> yeah. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is fantastic. And I was pretty happy to see her, too.
0: And right away, we see, she slips right back into her Selena Meyer skin. She is a monster. (laughs) Okay,
1: I can't comment on that.
0: Immediately, we are told, by the way she's handling Walker, this woman is a master manipulator. She knows exactly how to work, John Walker. And she knows how he took the serum, how exactly? We don't know. And Mm. that he doesn't have the shield. Yes, that doesn't technically belong to the government. It's a grand. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. She seems to know a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. What was the point of that statement?
1: That I think is more for our benefit because Sam donated it to the Smithsonian. It could be legally that it was on loan, and maybe Steve had left it to Sam in his will, thereby Sam being the owner of it.
0: Maybe. Do you think that card is a blacklight? I think it's more
1: than that. I think there's something funkier, something more electronic or like a tracker chip thingy, something. I don't know, something.
0: And I love the way she just inserted herself right there between Walker and his wife, already putting distance in that relationship, you know?
1: Yeah, and giving that courtesy line of marrying this fabulous firecracker how's it going
0: (laughs) (laughs) and she's so blatant about it too that's how you know walker is so far gone because she's not trying to hide her manipulations no
1: and his wife is equally confused who the fuck is this woman
0: yes and this woman is contessa Valentina, Allegra, De La Fontaine, but call me Val. But actually, no, don't call me Val. Just keep it to yourself.
1: Yeah, we're just going to call her Val. It's it's too much.
0: Yes, I agree. So, Val here, back in the comics, was originally a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. She was the leader of an elite group of female agents called the Femme Force. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, we talk about Kevin Feige being Nostradamus and weaving together all these breadcrumbs and balls of yarn you know this is a whole new level he was laying these breadcrumbs before the mcu even started because do you know who played julia louis dreyfus's husband on the new adventures of old christine clark fucking greg
1: (laughs) it's like six degrees of separation kind of stuff going on here
0: oh it gets better my friend okay so miss lafontaine is an exceptional fighter and marksman, of course. Uh Uh-huh. She is eventually revealed to be a Russian mole working for a Soviet terrorist group called Leviathan, which just happens to be the name of Gary Walsh's giant veep bag. Thank you. Good day.
1: (laughs) Okay. And one more pivotal information. Yes. She's also known as Madam Hydra. (laughs) my little agents of shield heart just exploded in happiness
0: i'll be honest i forgot all about it
1: yeah of course you did
0: well i was not nearly as attached to ada as some of us Mm -hmm.
1: yeah can she please come back as (laughs) madam hydra's assistant or something
0: please no no if anybody is going to be Man of Hydra's assistant. It's going to be Tony Hale, and I will not hear anything otherwise. I cannot wait to see what they have in store for her.
1: Yeah, and it seems like she is going to play a big part moving forward in Phase Four. And we know there are rumors for General Ross's Thunderbolt, and she does have a certain thing to play over there. And also, she was nick fury's lover in the comics uh-huh and there's that whole thing going on and we don't know where fury is right now and what's going on there so it's going to be interesting
0: yeah for sure And apparently
1: she does have a bit of a role in black widow that's where she was actually supposed to come in for the first time but thank you COVID. so let's see if that still applies now
0: Yes. And poor Chris Evans, his celebrity crush finally gets to the MCU and he's not invited to the party anymore. (laughs) Hey, maybe this
1: might entice him to come back. (laughs) I think the internet will break if that actually happens.
0: Yes, you are correct. So now we head back to Latvia, where Carly and her crew are regrouping after the GRC raids.
1: Right. So they come back to the same settlement that they were in originally, and it's been completely emptied out.
0: Yeah, this is the turning point for Carly here.
1: I think she's had a turning point before. This is just adding to it.
0: This is more of an active turning point. This is actually putting this major plan into action. hmm. Now, I have a question. Thinking back to everything we learned about Mama Danya. Mm hmm. Do you think that Mama Danya, like kind of tacitly put Carly in charge of things when she got too sick or that maybe Carly was closest to her? And and when Mama Danya got sick, everyone looked to Carly to take over. I'm wondering why these Flag Smashers follow Carly, why they listen, why they follow her lead.
1: I've been thinking about this a little bit.
0: Yeah. Like what sway and authority does she have?
1: I think that Mama Dania took her in and raised her and Carly always sort of had this, these leadership qualities. She was probably quite assertive growing up as well. And from what we've gleaned on her life before, she had a tough childhood. So she needed to be assertive and stand her ground in order to get anything. So once Mamadonia probably fell sick, she naturally took that role. And chances are, she was probably the eldest of her group. And seeing her take this leadership role, the others in the GRC camp probably started to just say, okay, she seems to have a couple of good points and let's follow that. Okay, Because in the previous episode, she does say that, you know, when we all came to this one camp. It seemed like it was fated. Mm. So they probably were friends.
0: Yeah. So you're leaning more towards like a natural progression instead of any kind of like actual passing of leadership.
1: Yeah. I think it's more natural than it is passing the torch because Mm -hmm. we can see her progression also happening in a natural way, except it's not a positive progression in this sense. Yeah. She's going darker and darker.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: And the fact that it's pretty clear that she was the one who brought the super soldier serum would make her the de facto leader.
0: That's true, too. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to put a button on Carly for a minute. I've got some more questions about her plan later on, but we need to go see our old buddy Zebo.
1: Yes, and he is at his family's memorial.
0: And he's been expecting Bucky. Yeah. I loved this scene. There's so much happening here. The fact that Zemo is waiting for Bucky at the memorial, I think, speaks volumes. How? He thinks going into this, Bucky's going to kill him. He is there because he wants to die with his family. hmm. There's nowhere else he would rather end his life.
1: Then why do you think he's telling Bucky that I've decided not to kill you?
0: Because he could do it right there if he wanted to. I have expected, before he said that, I have expected Zemo to pull out a gun. Okay. I think he's ready to die. He accepts it. Not that he necessarily wants to, but he also knows the Doras aren't going to give up.
1: Right. He knows he's on borrowed time.
0: Yeah. And I think he can accept it because he killed Nagel. And he, and at least as far as he thinks, there won't be any more serum.
1: Hmm. But even knowing that probably Bucky is there to kill him, he's still trying to convince Bucky that Carly needs to die. Yes. And Bucky's the one who needs to do it.
0: Yes. Well, I think he realizes he can't do it himself. Yeah. There's too many of them. He's not a super soldier himself, but Bucky has that power. Mm-hmm. And the Doras aren't hunting Bucky. Right. True. And the fact that Zemo doesn't kill Bucky, says so much about the respect he has for him. Mm -hmm. I honestly think this is the greatest compliment Bucky could be paid. In
1: general or by Zemo?
0: I think in general, given how passionate Zemo is in his ideology, the fact that he allows Bucky to live just says so much about the quality of Bucky's character and his moral integrity. And his strength.
1: Okay. But do you think Bucky will think of it in that way?
0: In time, I think so. Okay. I think even despite what Zemo did to Bucky in Civil War, I think Bucky actually has respect for him.
1: Because he's trying to destroy something that he hates. Yes. And that's part of him.
0: Yep. So instead of Zemo, it's... Bucky, who pulls the gun. We get a big trailer moment here.
1: Mm -hmm. And Zemo is ready. He doesn't flinch. He just stands there. And Bucky shoots. But the gun is empty.
0: Yes. And it's Bucky who is dropping those bullets onto the ground. Yeah. Sebastian Stan's face here says everything. It's subtle, but it's so well done. What do
1: you think was the meaning of this?
0: This was a man taking back his humanity and taking back his power from a man who once took it away from him. And also making things right with I.O. Yeah,
1: that I get. He absolutely did the right thing with I.O. and Wakanda in general by giving them Zemo again.
0: Yes. I was so proud of Bucky in this moment.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this episode was kind of redeeming for him in a way.
0: Oh, yes. And I think looking at Zemo's face, he's damn proud of Bucky, too. He is pleasantly surprised, not just the fact that he's alive, but of what Bucky has done here. He's done the honorable thing.
1: Right. Yeah. He's not a killer anymore.
0: No. And so Zemo does the honorable thing back. He crossed his name off of Bucky's list.
1: Yeah, and he told him that he has no grudges for what he thought he had to do. This was a good closure moment for both of them.
0: Yes, closure for now for Mr. Zemo because I do not think we've seen the last of him. I pray we haven't seen the last of him.
1: True, but between Bucky and Zemo.
0: Yes. So I.O. and the Doras are escorting Zemo to a lovely sounding place called the raft. Yeah. So the raft is the place where Clint, Scott, Wanda and Sam were held during Civil War. Mhm. And it's basically Alcatraz for supervillains.
1: Yeah, essentially. So we've seen this place before.
0: Yeah, it's off the coast of New York. It's near Rikers and it's like underwater ultra super max for enhanced or super dangerous individuals such as emo
1: right, and chances are if the government knew that Walker was a super soldier and he goes off the rails, that's probably where he would end up too.
0: yes, oh, maybe they'll have adjoining cells. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's probably safe to assume abomination is there as
0: well maybe Mm -hmm. oh i hadn't thought about who the other guests might be yeah hmm. i'm gonna have to think about that one okay so time will tell if the raft can hold baron zemo true and if
1: there's another jailbreak happening in the future
0: let's just hope they offer dance classes in there for his sake (laughs) (laughs) and Bucky and I.O. have a nice moment here to wrap things up
1: yeah so it's good that we know the next episode is the finale so there's a lot of story that needs to be wrapped up so Zemo and the Dora Milaje were sent off to do their thing in this episode and we will not be probably seeing them
0: no but not before doing Bucky one last favor. And I knew this was going to be something for Sam. hmm So I wasn't upset with Bucky when he asked for that favor because I knew not only was it for Sam, but I had a feeling, you know what? The Wakandans will be happy to do this particular favor.
1: Probably once they knew what the favor was because Ayo was kind of pissed off with him at that point.
0: She still cracked a little bit of a smile when she said, you know, just make yourself scarce for a little while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're friends, but Ayo's duty comes first.
0: Yes. And got to mention one last time, White Wolf.
1: Yeah, that definitely has to come into play somewhere. It's It's been said too much.
0: Yes. Well, my theory is that given what this episode is setting up, I don't think we're getting a season two of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I think we'll be getting a season one of something along the lines of Cap and the White Wolf maybe. I'm down for it. Bring yeah,
1: it. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I'm doubly down for AO coming back.
0: Yes. Yes, bring it on. As long as we keep Sebastian standing those jeans, whatever you want to do. Fine with it. You want to have him standing there reading the phone book, take my money.
1: Yeah, for me, AO or any of the Dora Milaje show up, I will be more than happy. And I'm kind of disappointed that we will not see them in the finale.
0: They got their story, though, for now.
1: They did, but I want more.
0: And the Doras are the perfect segue to introduce you guys to three gentlemen who are awesome allies for women everywhere. We think this is a podcast you guys will enjoy. Take a listen. This is Josh.
1: I'm Leo Anika. And I'm glad. At
0: Tabletop Journeys, we bring more than 75
1: years of role-playing experience in countless game systems, but Dungeons & Dragons is where we call
0: home. We formed Tabletop Journeys so we could do what we love, create epic adventures in fantastic lands with amazing people like you. Listen to our podcast to catch
1: our take on using the D&D core rules, homebrew content, and epic player-driven storytelling to make your next role legendary. Also. Keep an eye out for Tabletop Journey's original content coming soon to DM's Guild. And after that brief interview, we are in Baltimore.
0: Yeah, guys, put the laughter away. Take out the tissues. (laughs) Because, God, I don't know about you, but as soon as I saw that they were in Baltimore and Sam was carrying that shield down the street, I started crying.
1: Okay, I was kind of happy to see Elijah again.
0: Yeah, and he is so sweet the way he's so protective of his grandfather, isn't he?
1: Yeah, it's it's really nice. Yeah. He knows that his gran- granddad has gone through a lot. And he probably grew up listening to stories about what a hero he was from his grandmother.
0: Mm. So like Sam, this did not go the way I thought it was going to go.
1: Mm-hmm. How did you think it was going to go?
0: I was as naive as Sam. Okay. Thinking that this was a lovely gesture on his part and a selfless thing to do, bringing the man he thinks deserves the shield, bringing it back.
1: Oh, that was not where I went at all.
0: That's my own ignorance showing.
1: If that is the case, I think that was an insult.
0: Well, I mean, this is where I'm like, Bucky and Steve, how could I know? Hmm. And that is what Bradley is here to explain to us. Just like Sam says, I was very much like Sam in this moment. I need to understand. Yeah. And in this case, what Sam needs to understand is why, what happened to Bradley during the war?
1: And I think for Sam, the biggest struggle over here is on one side, he knows Steve's story and how he was lauded as a hero. And then on the other hand, we have Bradley who... Nobody ever knows about, and he was in jail, and and he served his country in the same way that Steve did. So why is there this big difference in the way Steve was treated versus Bradley? And I think part of him also wants to understand, or maybe even rationalize, that did Bradley do something wrong?
0: Right, and that's exactly what Bradley says to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We get a nice bit of history here because the Red Tails were real. They were otherwise known during the war as the Tuskegee Airmen. They were the first Black group of pilots in the U.S. Armed Forces. So it included not just the fighter pilots, but all their support personnel as well.
1: So is this the Tuskegee connected to the Tuskegee experiment? Same people? No.
0: So, the reason they're called they were called the Tuskegee Airmen is because they were all educated at the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, okay, so, like everything else in the federal government, the military was also segregated, and they faced tremendous discrimination. as Bradley states, they were part of the three hundred thirty second Expeditionary Operations Group. It was their own segregated group, okay. And if you want to see more about this, guys, there is a movie that was made in 2012 starring Terrence Howard and Cuba Gooding Jr. just called Red Tails. So check that out.
1: Mm -hmm. So one thing that I was a bit confused about was that when Bradley said that the group from the Red Tails and the 332 served and then they'd come back home to burnt crosses on their lawns. What do you mean by that? I I was a bit confused.
0: That's one of the favorite pastimes of the KKK, is putting together giant wooden crucifixes, hammering them into black people's lawns and setting them on fire. Why? In hopes that the grass will then catch fire and their homes will catch fire and they will die. Because all the KKK knows how to do is hate.
1: Okay. So people serving their country, dying for their country, come back to this bullshit. Great.
0: That is correct. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Yep, that's America.
1: So, Braddy takes Sam inside and he sits him down and tells him his life story.
0: And it's a horrific story. It is. As we already knew, but the details are just even worse. Yeah. This poor man, his wife died while he was incarcerated and was told he was dead.
1: But she still kept writing letters to him.
0: Yes. And
1: the reason why he went to jail was just infuriating because like he said, he was part of a group of black soldiers who were all given the super soldier serum with slight modifications to the serum.
0: Right. And without their knowledge or consent.
1: Right. Sounds familiar. Hmm. And many of them were not stable, but they were still sent on missions and a lot of them died. Eventually, a group of them were captured and the higher ups decided that the best course of action was to blow up this prisoner of war camp so that they can destroy the evidence. And what Bradley did was that he went there and he rescued his fellow brothers in arms.
0: Which is exactly what Steve did in Captain America, the first Avenger.
1: Exactly. So while Steve was given his own little group of soldiers, Bradley was sent to prison.
0: And it should also be noted that Steve had full disclosure when he took the serum and it was his choice. Yes. So Steve was hailed as a hero because it was a bunch of white war heroes that he saved and not a group of equally heroic, but victimized black men who the military wanted to sweep under the rug.
1: Correct. And while he was incarcerated, he was experimented on and essentially used as a guinea pig to try and figure out why the serum worked on him and not on the others.
0: And it was only through the kindness of a nurse who took pity on him. That Bradley was able to not only get the letters from his wife, but he was able to escape and be declared dead.
1: Yeah. And after he escaped, his entire history was erased. He doesn't exist anymore.
0: And he's absolutely right when he tells Sam he has to stay that way.
1: Yeah. Because if his story comes out, that'll be disaster. For the government and the military.
0: A hundred percent. Yep. Doesn't matter how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. And he's right about all of Black history being whitewashed entirely. Right. Uh, this past week, somebody brought this to my attention. Someone had sent it to us on Twitter. There is a great comedian. Her name is Amber Ruffin. I didn't realize that Amber has her own digital show now. I just know her from watching Seth Meyers. She has... An awesome video about just a few examples of how American history has been revised, has been whitewashed, and just outright changed in so many places. I learned a lot of new things in seven minutes. So we will put that in our show notes because people need to question things a lot more. Mm -hmm. And the same people who are complaining about how deeply this show is going into race relations. Those are the same people that say, what do we need a black history month for? What if we have a white history month? We should have a white history month. Every month is fucking white history month. That's the goddamn problem.
1: And it's also probably the same people who say, why do we need a gay pride parade? Why not straight pride parade?
0: Yes, you're exactly right. So it's completely understandable why Bradley... Feels the way he does. Dude, you are entitled to however you want to feel. Absolutely. But he does not have the right to dictate how Sam should feel about the Shield or the whole concept of Captain America.
1: Agreed. He doesn't have the right to. And he certainly has a lot of bitterness because he absolutely must have known about Steve and everything that he went through and the way he was treated like a hero. And when Bradley did the same thing, he was incarcerated. Of course. And of course, with everything that he's gone through, he's bound to be bitter and have that worldview that nothing has changed and nothing can change. He's living in a bubble. He doesn't exist. He can't do anything. He has no freedom.
0: Yeah. I'm glad that Sarah is there for Sam to help him work through these feelings and to challenge him about it too yeah true and this is a such a big turning point for sam this is when he realizes it's time to go home
1: yeah and this is the point where i think that even though he knows that the legacy of the shield is complicated but it is up to him to change that to change what it means to have the shield yes and what it represents
0: So we head back down to the bayou. And right away, I love these kids. They spill the beans. They can't help themselves.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the kids. Come on.
0: That one line was so cute about how, you know, the buyer backed out. And then he said something else in Vietnamese.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Sam is trying to do the right thing in his mind. He's trying to support Sarah and sell the boat. And then that bombshell gets dropped on him.
0: And I love the way these two rag on each other. They're so natural.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a real sibling relationship. Actually, you know what? No, they're too supportive of each other.
0: (laughs) 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 And I love the way she was trying to protect him the night before when he was looking all sad puppy dog in the rain. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I love that line.
0: The fact that Sam told her about Bradley shows the trust that they have with each other. He knows without a shadow of a doubt that Sarah will respect Bradley's wishes.
1: Yeah, agreed. And it seems like him talking about his work is not uncommon for him. He has spoken to her about his stuff before.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she does know. He goes up barrel rolling through the air.
1: (laughs) Yeah, true. And I think she's probably his sounding board and has been whenever he's been struggling with something.
0: Yeah. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. And we see the boys again here. And again, it's this family connection. We felt this in WandaVision. You feel the love in this room. You feel the love Sarah even has for these other kids whose lunches she's making.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, It's such a warm community type feeling, this whole segment.
0: Yeah. When Sam gets everybody together, I admire this so much. And it is just lovely how the whole community comes together for this one family.
1: Yeah. And I really appreciated the fact that they didn't take Sam the same route of where He's too proud to ask for help. That tends to be a cliche that a lot of movies and shows go for. Like, I'm struggling, but I will not ask for help. Whereas Sam is self aware and confident enough in his community that they will all come out to help, knowing that they would do the same should anyone else need it.
0: Yes. And it kind of mirrors Carly, doesn't it? It shows why sam understands her cause yeah
1: there is something to say about shared experiences and and struggles which brings people together
0: definitely but it's not just the neighbors that are there to help
1: yeah so bucky shows up
0: i started crying again (laughs) why because this is his olive branch this is his peace offering yeah that's true he's coming full circle
1: yeah he essentially is so the reason he came was because he needed to deliver this box Uh uh-huh which we shall visit later
0: right the only reason he came yep yep it's a good thing they're on a boat because bucky does a lot of heavy fishing in this episode (laughs)
1: And he single-handedly picks up that huge machine and just plops it down. I was worried the machine was going to break when he just dumps it down on the ground like that.
0: I was looking at the faces of those two old dudes standing there. They were priceless. (laughs) Like, who is this crazy white boy? and What is he doing here? Yeah. And how
1: the hell did he just do that? (laughs) I think that's the bigger question. He could be pink or green for all care. The fact that he just picked it up yeah. is something.
0: Yeah, so Bucky's there to help and right away shows that he is useful by fixing this leak.
1: Yes, with his right arm, not the metal <laughs> arm.
0: <laughs> I appreciated that so much as a left-handed person in a right-handed world. As a left-handed person. I have a lot of confusion sometimes. So my brain like rewired itself as a kid to do certain things right-handed. So I'm left-handed, but I'm right-footed. I write with my left hand, but I throw with my right hand. My brain made me adapt to those things. So sometimes I look at stuff and depending on what it is to do, if it's a new thing, I don't know which hand to use.
1: You're a confused ambidextrous person. (laughs) And what's a, what do you mean by right footed?
0: I kick with my right foot. For instance, if I was going to kick the shit out of John Walker, I would use my right foot. Does that help? Good to know. I was
1: thinking football, but sure, I like (laughs) the way you think.
0: (laughs) Yep. So Bucky plugs the leak there and now it's time for introductions. (laughs)
1: you're laughing like you're some evil villain or something like this yes it's all coming together
0: it is i'm so excited (laughs) this better pay off really you really think it's gonna pay off it better pay off because i felt that fucking spark on my couch (laughs) these are the first real genuine smiles we've gotten this whole show from bucky and sarah They both lit up.
1: When they saw each other. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And my God, I just have to say, Adepero Oduye, who plays Sarah Wilson, that woman has one of the most beautiful smiles I've ever seen. Yeah. She is gorgeous. I am so on board for this relationship. I don't give a shit what Sam thinks about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you need to be careful about these things, otherwise Carlos is going to cut you up and, put, and feed you to the fishes.
0: I think Bucky's willing to chance it.
1: I'm talking about you. <laughs> if you say this to Sam, bye-bye, Madam
0: Chris. <laughs> and then we get what is now my favorite montage in the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they managed to get quite a bit done in two days.
0: Oh, this music. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about it. Oh, what a mood setter.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Another mood setter is Sebastian Stan in those jeans and (laughs) t-shirt.
1: And playing with that tool?
0: Yeah, whatever that was. I don't know shit about boats. I don't know.
1: Yeah, hence I called it a tool because I have no fucking idea what that was either.
0: I was thinking maybe he was trying to decide which hand to use.
1: (laughs) No, I think he was playing with it like he does with his knives. And I know how much you enjoyed the knives.
0: Now, see, that's me because I'm putting myself in that position saying, I wonder what hand I would use because I do not know. (laughs) Now, I found myself in a moral quandary, though, watching this montage. It's the same moral quandary I had watching uh, a similar fixing the boat montage in Kong Skull Island, which is the quandary of (sighs) I'm very, very glad this is so well done and good on the directors for You know, making it a a fun montage. And then the pervert within me says, this isn't fair. Because if, if ever there was a justifiable activity for a man to remove his shirt, it would be fixing a boat outside. Well, for both of them. Yes, sure.
1: Yeah. I had the same problem in Aquaman.
0: I don't remember that movie.
1: Well, somewhere towards the end of the movie... We have the sequence where Aquaman and his love interest and someone else, I think, is on a boat and it's a storm and they're all soaking wet and there are these weird creatures coming out to kill them. It's the perfect opportunity for Jason Momoa to have taken his shirt off. (laughs)
0: Like
1: he is Aquaman, he's going to go swimming. The shirt will just drag him, whereas if he doesn't have any clothes on, it's smoother sailing to go down deeper.
0: Yeah, I can't argue with that.
1: I say that with perfect logical sense, but of course, that's not the reason why I wanted him to take the shirt off. I just wanted him to take the shirt off.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not picky about motives. (laughs) So I'm just always torn because, you know, I respect... The directors for being decent human beings and not exploiting their male cast members. But I can't help but still be disport.
1: I think there was a reason why they were wearing their shirts.
0: I think it was also kind of chilly. I think it's fall. I don't think it's summer.
1: No, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking because it tells us the passage of time. They were wearing the same shirts. So all that they did in the montage was within one day.
0: Okay, that's a fair point. Kongskill Island had no excuse. I'm just saying. Everybody was sweating their asses off. It was the fucking tropics for fuck's sake. Come on.
1: (laughs) Tropics equals mosquitoes, so it's probably a good idea to keep the shirt on.
0: You don't have a man train with ex-Navy SEALs and then have him keep his shirt on. It's just mean. Anyway. Continuing. When Bucky comes over and just yanks off the metal sheet that Sam's been working at for who knows how long. That was amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was fantastic.
0: Sam's, Sam's face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That face. If you, if you put that picture into Google Translate, it comes out and says, you asshole. (laughs) Yeah.
1: On one hand, Bucky's trying to do the nice thing by just helping him. Sam probably feels like, why the hell was I taking so long with this?
0: Yeah, you couldn't have done this a day ago.
1: (laughs) Or, did you really have to show me up like that?
0: I think it's a bit of both, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Best part is if if Sarah was right there, that would have been perfect.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Bucky continues his fishing trip here. Oh, yeah, I gotta go catch my flight. I guess I'll be going.
1: Yeah, need to get a hotel for the night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's like, oh, would you stop it? Just stay here.
1: Well, to be fair, I appreciate that. I mean, he was telling him and hinting to him, but he was not outright assuming. I appreciate no, that. No, he's,
0: he's also not being subtle about it.
1: True. Well, <laughs> being brainwashed for 100 years can kind of make a dent on someone's social skills.
0: Hell, yeah, sitting so... at home
1: for a year is making me forget how to people.
0: <laughs> See, it's easier for people like me who didn't know how to people to start with.
1: Right. So you just blend in now, but all the awkward people.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Bucky can stay. Just don't flirt with my sister. Too late, Sam. <laughs> the damage is done. All he had to do was smile.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, that's good enough for you. If Sebastian Stan smiles at you, your pants will literally just fall off, won't they?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah,
1: you I don't need wish. To do anything, it'll just I w- bloop.
0: I wish I could argue with that. <laughs> So we leave Louisiana for a little bit because we have to go watch a piece of shit use mourning people to make himself feel better.
1: Yeah. So Walker is with Lamar's family and they are understandably very
0: heartbroken and he fucking lies to them. Mm Mm-hmm. And he tells himself he's doing that to give them closure. Bullshit. He is lying yeah. for himself. Yeah. Now I
1: have a question. Did it seem like what I assume to be Lamar's sister, looking at Walker kind of unsure about him, like seeing through his shit?
0: Oh, I don't think she's unsure. I don't think she likes him at all. hmm Not one bit. And I'm thinking she probably didn't like him beforehand either. Okay. My thinking is that she was probably saying to her brother, why do you hero worship this dude so much? Because he clearly did.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Based on what Lamar's mom said. Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the sister sees through him. The parents are too mired in grief, Mm -hmm. but I think the sister is seeing through him.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if there is a deleted scene of her confronting him or some sort or having a one-on-one conversation.
0: Yes, I would agree with you there.
1: I feel like there was something that that was left out.
0: Yeah, so he's lying to them because he's ashamed. He refuses to accept responsibility for Lamar's death. But I do believe one thing he says here. I would never let the person who did that get away.
1: Yeah, so that is kind of foreshadowing for what we see at the end in the mid-credits scene
0: anybody listening if you didn't realize there was a mid-credit scene stop this podcast immediately and go watch
1: yeah because i kind of gave you an earful when you missed it even though i told you about it
0: yeah 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 well i stopped immediately i hung up on you and watched it didn't i
1: yeah the hung up on me bit hurt
0: oh please you told me to
1: (laughs) see this is where you're not being able to people comes in saying (laughs) bye is a good idea
0: so Walker leaves them in pieces and out here on this sidewalk, man, Wyatt Russell has mastered this like aimless, glazed over look, hasn't he? Mm hmm. Yeah. He is terrifying at this point. He looks absolutely soulless.
1: Yeah. And him seeing himself in that poster, it's like for him, it's like rubbing salt in a wound. It is. And he just can't accept it.
0: Yeah. And everyone, if you feel yourself hating him so viscerally that you need a little pick me up. Again, we will put this in the show notes. A clip of Wyatt Russell singing on I'm not sure what show. He has a heavenly voice. I did not expect that. He's pretty
1: talented, this guy.
0: He really is. Well, I mean, Mm -hmm. given his pedigree, it shouldn't be surprising. But (laughs) I'm kind of surprised he's never been on my radar before this.
1: Yeah, true. He has been kind of under the radar and now he's sort of exploded.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's it's got to be a little tough, too, when you come from an entertainment family like that, because you can never be sure if you're getting by on talent or your name, you know?
1: True. But with him, I think it's safe to say that he certainly has the talent. Oh, yes. Kevin Feige is not the type of guy who would bring someone in just for their name unless they have the acting chops to go with it. Right. And then we go to Madripoor and we see a painting, a very large painting there, just for a second, that is very significant to everything that happens in this episode.
0: Yes, this is called The Raft of the Medusa.
1: This is a 19th century French painting and it depicts a real-life event that happened on the ship called the Medusa. So there was a shipwreck off the coast of present-day Mauritania. And there were over 600 people on that ship. But the lifeboats that were ab- available on the ship could take only 150 people. So the officers of the ship and the nobility went on to these lifeboats.
0: Yeah. So it's a very Titanic-esque situation. Yes. And...
1: A carpenter hurriedly created a raft to bring on another 147 people on this raft. The idea was that these lifeboats will tug along this ship back to shore. But thanks to the cowardice of these noblemen and officers, they cut off the rope and left this raft adrift.
0: Yeah, leaving everyone for dead, which is exactly what happened to most people, and the few people that survived had to resort to cannibalism.
1: And they were eventually rescued by a ship by pure chance. The French government didn't actually try to mount any kind of search and rescue operation for these people, because they're they're commoners. who gives a fuck? So this was a huge international scandal, and the reason why it was such a big deal was because the captain of the ship was incompetent. The reason why he was given the title of captain for this ship was because he favored the politicians.
0: Gee, that sounds so familiar. I just can't put my finger on why.
1: <laughs> and so, coming back to the painting, this painting is depicting the raft and all the people on it dying and barely surviving. And we see one man, one black man, waving out to the ship that eventually rescues them. So when this painting was initially unveiled in the Paris Salon, it was controversial, to say the least.
0: Yes, how dare a black man take charge of his own destiny, climbing over the bodies of dead white people.
1: Yeah, and even the white people who were alive were still not doing anything. So it was a huge scandal and this painting was originally supposed to be displayed at the Louvre, but because of all the political aspects of it and racism, it wasn't and was sent to London. But things happened. Eventually the curator of the Louvre did buy back the painting and now it is a dominant part of their gallery and it's regarded as a masterpiece.
0: Yeah. And we can see clearly how, the plight of the man in that painting mirrors Bradley's own struggle.
1: Yes, and also the racism aspect of it that while earlier it was completely criticized and everyone wanted to just shove this away and not talk about it, now people consider this to be a masterpiece. And another aspect of it is that uh, the people in power had just basically did not care about the common people And some of them were black, some of them were slaves at the time. And they had no problem just cutting off the raft in order for them to survive, similar to how the people in power were willing to bomb the prisoner of war camp in order to save their asses and not let anyone know about their super soldier experimentation.
0: Right. Yeah, this is just one of many very interesting pieces of art in this Madripoor apartment.
1: Yes, and I love that, the fact that they used this particular painting.
0: Now, before we continue this, hold on. It's coming back out. All right, we've got the tinfoil hat. I've got a ball of yarn because, goddammit, Sharon Carter, what are you doing? <laughs> so I didn't catch it on the first watch, but then second watch realized that Sharon is indeed talking to Batroc on the phone. I didn't have subtitles on because to the surprise of no one listening, I don't know how to use subtitles on my television. (sighs) (laughs) Spare me. Okay. I heard it from my husband already. It was the Algerian prison line that did it for me. Mm -hmm. So they've clearly done business before.
1: Yes. She says something about I'll give you double this time and you won't regret Uh saying yes.
0: Yeah, so what's she paying him for? Mm-hmm. Who side you on, Sharon? What's your agenda? What you doing? <laughs> and of course,
1: it adds to the confusion when we see that Batroc later on is helping Carly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, theory time.
0: Yay! This is
1: back after a while. <laughs> so I feel like... The event that we see in the first episode where Sam derails Batrock's whole mission was his mission with Sharon. She was the one who wanted the Air Force liaison officer. And understandably, Batroc is a bit pissed off with Sam. So he is a bit iffy about taking on something with Sharon, which is why she's willing to pay him double. The reason why she's paying him is because she wants to flush Carly out. Oh, before that, I must say that this theory is within a theory because I assume that Sharon is the power broker. Hence, she's interested in Carly.
0: Well, that just added a second board onto the wall. Okay.
1: Yeah, this is Inception-level theories. I never go easy. (laughs) So she's trying to flush out Carly, and she's using Batroc to do that by making him quote unquote help carly so that when she comes out in the open to do whatever she plans to do the power broker aka sharon can swoop in and take carly and the super soda serum which she may or may not know has all been destroyed
0: i don't see how she could know
1: sam could have told her
0: oh right 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 because she's working all the angles okay Mm -hmm. so now i have
1: a question for you in all this whole montage and everything that's happening, do you think Sam is also trying to get Sharon her pardon? Or did he forget about it again?
0: I think he's done something. I think he's made Mm -hmm. some effort because they wouldn't plant that to have it not pay off. Okay. So Sharon does her wheeling and dealing, and we head back to Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I need these boys to say Uncle Buck just once, please least just once maybe in season two please I need my nostalgic references (laughs) that no one else cares about clearly and here's where that guitar really just gets me and the way they just slow things down and we see Sam and Bucky bonding over this project that means so much to Sam and his family
1: yeah I have to say that slow-mo of Sebastian Stan walking just as the sun is rising. Yeah. I appreciated that.
0: Yeah, I really did too. It's lovely to see Bucky feeling useful and feeling wanted.
1: Yeah, I think that fixing this boat has helped him sort of clear out some of the stuff in his own head. And that goes for Sam as well. Sometimes just working on something physically and not thinking about what is running in your mind, like a problem you're trying to solve, and doing some physical manual work does wonders to put things into perspective.
0: I agree, and you know there was an extra believability factor for for me here too. In the last couple months of this press tour, I found out that Anthony Mackie is actually a master carpenter. Oh, okay. Yeah, he during quarantine he built. His family an entire outdoor kitchen in his backyard. Nice. Yeah. So watching this, I can believe that he actually knows what he's doing down there to an extent. And I can believe also even that Sebastian Stan kind of knows what he's doing. hmm Whereas when I watch Kongsville Island, I don't think Tom Hiddleston even knew the name of the tool that he was supposed to be playing with while fixing <laughs> that boat. That's a hard sell. So that extra believability here went even further in connecting me with the moment. Mm -hmm. And then there's Sarah.
1: Yeah. So these guys are futting around with stuff that they have no business doing. (laughs) So Sarah just kind of kicks them out.
0: I don't come into the sky until you had a bow roll or whatever it is that you do. (laughs) Yeah. See now
1: that is more like a sibling relationship. Stop getting in my way.
0: Yes. Yes, and she had said earlier too here, why are you down here bothering me? I just love yeah. it. <laughs> and I also must say, Sarah Wilson is a much stronger and better woman than I am because if I was her, Mr. Barnes would have had different sleeping arrangements.
1: <laughs> okay, let's not get creepy, shall we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are some
1: lines one should not cross. So the boys decide to go play some Frisbee. Yes. And have a good heart to heart.
0: I had such an urge to play air hockey watching this.
1: Why air hockey?
0: Because the shield is pinging around the same way the air hockey puck does on the table.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. I also love to play air hockey. So, And these are more trailer moments we've been waiting for.
1: Yeah, a lot of the stuff has come from there. I think this talk was necessary.
0: Oh, yes. This was a healing moment for both of them. A bonding and healing moment. Sam needed that apology and Bucky needed to make it.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant when I said that this was kind of a redemption episode for Bucky. Because he's been kind of a douche Mm -hmm. this season so far.
0: Yeah, this is such a great moment of truth and understanding along with forgiveness and compassion.
1: Mm -hmm. And the fact that Bucky says that neither Steve nor him could have understood what it meant to give Sam the shield, I think was very important to include Steve in that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and just to twist the knife a little further, that shield's the closest thing I've got left to family. Yeah. No, Bucky, he's standing right next to you. That's your family now.
1: Yeah, but he needs to reach that that level.
0: I know, but it doesn't make it hurt any less knowing that's how he feels.
1: hmm This is where he changes, he grows, and he finds his new family.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they're even having this talk now shows how much they've bonded and how much Bucky trusts him now to tell Sam all of this.
1: Yeah, and he's willing to listen to what Sam has to say.
0: Yeah. And, you know, he has this trust because he also respects Sam's ability as a counselor too. That's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think without Dr. Rayner, he wouldn't have gotten to that point.
1: True. I agree. And because of his shared experiences with Sam so far and everything that happened with Walker, he was able to open up to Sam in a way that he would never have been able to with Dr. Rayner.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And Sam is totally right when he talks about amending versus avenging. And we saw that with Mr. Nakajima. Bucky was too scared, too broken to do what he needed to do.
1: Yes. And I think he's the first person that Bucky thought of when Sam told him to be of service and give someone closure.
0: I can't handle it. I think we're going to see it next week and I can't
1: deal. I i'm simultaneously looking forward to it and dreading it
0: i know i know because it's going to be amazing but i'm just going to be a ball of snot (laughs) (laughs) yeah it'll be interesting and i've also wanted to go the way i want it to go and i'm scared it Mm -hmm. won't yeah i have a feeling it's not
1: going to go very well either And if we do get a second season or any kind of story further with Bucky, this will play along as well. I hope that we see more of Mr. Nakajima and this storyline.
0: Yeah. And so now it's time to part ways for the moment. But Bucky, let Sam know. Call me when you have a lead and I'll be there.
1: Yeah, because they're not partners.
0: No, no. Just a couple of guys. Just a couple of guys with
1: a mutual friend
0: (laughs) i love them so much
1: yeah (laughs) so bucky takes off and sam is painting the boat
0: and sam finally gets his wish yeah because sarah realizes she just can't sell this boat
1: yeah because it's been a struggle for her too and earlier she had no choice but now with everyone's help things have changed
0: Yeah. And this conversation is just as necessary as the one between Sam and Bucky.
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: He needed to hear that Sarah is proud of him.
1: Yes. And he needed her blessing also in order to take up the mantle of Captain America.
0: Not in so many words, but in spirit. And who knew he was so sensitive? (laughs) So cute.
1: Yeah. And you know, when she told him, I really missed you, that kind of got me because for her, it's not just him flying around. It's he was on the run for two years and then he got blipped.
0: Yeah, and you can see how close they've always been. That must have been like losing a part of herself.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And too, that worry, that worry added to it while he was on the run of not knowing if he was okay.
1: Yeah, and probably every time he went up in the air. She must have been worried about him.
0: Sure. Yeah. As far as their relationship goes, these two are going to be just fine. Yeah. And this was all just so beautifully woven together and written. Because even you and I had thought not long ago, you know, it's time for this shield to go. It's got to be destroyed. And they've woven this story to bring us back to believing in Sam that he needs to continue fighting for it.
1: Yeah. without Sam. The shield needs to go. Yes. But it's Sam who's the one that can change what this shield means and uphold what it should mean.
0: And now we get a great training montage. And props not only to Anthony Mackey here for doing the work, props to the stunt double doing these flips because it is definitely not <laughs> Anthony Mackey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clearly. Agreed.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I feel like to the point that maybe they should have left the flips out maybe that was a step too far or maybe maybe they should have
1: done it from further away kept it a little more blurrier (laughs) yeah Yeah,
0: this is probably the most obvious stunt work we've seen in a while in the mcu
1: yeah and that's saying something so it is good on you marvel on one hand on the other hand what happened (laughs) this was probably the second team doing it or something
0: possibly i'm also not surprised not that anthony mackie isn't an athletic guy he certainly is but he infamously mm-hmm. once threw up on a cameraman attempting to do an upside down ball <laughs> yes he did <laughs> okay. they asked him they he said this is in an interview they asked him i think it was for winter soldier they asked him, do you want the stunt double to do it? And he's like, no, I got it. I can do it. I can try it. And he did the fall. He did the stunt, got all the way down and bleh. <laughs> at the bottom.
1: Oh, poor cameraman.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my sympathies live with the cameraman there. Sorry, Mr. Mackey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it probably wasn't easy for him either. Yeah. Yeah, definitely then. 100% no Anthony Mackie no 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 flips
0: so as he's working with the shield here and he's you know screwing up and dropping it did this remind you of anything Tony uh-huh screwing Tony up. Tony his... trying to fly yeah screwing up his first suits yeah yeah
1: yeah except in this case at one point Sam was gonna about to get beheaded by his own shield
0: yeah Yeah, well, the boys can stand in for Dummy in this sense.
1: (laughs) Hey, come on, don't say that.
0: Dummy was useful. He was useful and helpful. And you think Dummy's adorable.
1: Well, that's true. As are these boys. So, yeah.
0: Yes, well, now we move to something that's not adorable, which is Carly's face as she's gleefully talking about murdering people.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, she's just gone. Down that hole.
0: Yeah. Killing for her is no longer a necessary evil, a means to an end. Now she just wants to start slaughtering people.
1: Yeah. Now she's a terrorist.
0: Yeah. Well, she figures if the GRC is going to treat her like a criminal, she might as well act like one.
1: Yeah. And she is now working with Batroc, who is a criminal.
0: Yeah. All right. So hold on. Once more. Once more into the breach. Uh, All right, securing this on, onto my head. So one, how did Carly get hooked up with Batroc in the first place? And two, with what we see happen at the end, this whole operation is way more sophisticated than I expected. Is Carly really doing this alone? I can't buy it anymore that she is doing this all herself. Okay.
1: Theory time. Yay! (laughs) You used to hate my theories. What happened?
0: They stopped for a while. I got a break.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I see. Okay. So how did she get in touch with Batroc? My guess is that she, since she did work with the power broker, and that's how she got the super soldier serums in the first place, she probably had some kind of contact details for him. And or he may have put out feelers in order to trap her because she seemed to be the one who was in control of this transaction. Mm
0: -hmm. Or so she thinks.
1: Or so she thinks. Or it's possible that Batroc approached her in some way under the guise of trying to get back at Sam. And that's why she's willing to work with him in that win-win deal, as she calls it. Mm Mm-hmm. And as for the sophistication of it, we've seen it happen before. We've seen this exact thing happen in the first episode when Torres was following the Flag Smashers and he came up to this this flash mob and they robbed the bank.
0: Yes, I know what you mean by that. But when I say sophisticated, what I mean is, how the hell did she get moles so high up in the GRC, that they were literally in the goddamn room for the vote. That's what's pushing it for me.
1: I don't know. It probably could be an ideal, you know? People higher up may believe in what she says. If she isn't going out and actively recruiting people, people are coming to her online.
0: Put it this way. Here's how I saw it. The two guys in that room, those were two alpha male looking white guys, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And this was New York. So assuming they're American. Mm -hmm. Can you picture those two guys or people like them following uh, a 22-year-old girl from a different country?
1: I don't know. It depends on the ideals, right? What they believe in.
0: Like those moles that she had in there. She's got to have more. I can't see those types bowing to the authority of a Carly Morgenthau. I can't see them not trying to take it over themselves. So that's why I'm wondering now, is there somebody else behind the curtain helping to fund this, helping to organize this in some way and like allowing her to be the face of it or allowing her to think she's the face of it?
1: Maybe it's possible.
0: If it weren't for those moles in the room, I would think differently. But I was like, uh uh-uh, that's Hydra level shit.
1: What if it's the power broker who's doing it all along?
0: That's what I'm thinking, playing every side. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the most sense to me. Okay. It's like, you know, a supply chain thing. You create the problem, and then you solve the problem, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And that's where the money is.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out in the next episode.
0: I should think so, considering it's the finale.
1: extra yeah.
0: Nostradamus. <laughs> so back in Louisiana, Torres gets in touch with Sam. The Flag Smashers are about to hit in New York during the GRC vote. Yes. I think it's safe to assume that Bucky is now back in New York, so he's close by?
1: Probably, and I'm sure that Sam would have let him know what's going on.
0: Yeah. And here we get this, what should we call this guy? We need a name for him. We don't have a character name for this douche of a fucking senator. Senator Mustache? Let's just go with Senator Douche, actually. That's the simplest way. Senator Douche. And again, does, doesn't this sound familiar? Do we really need to bother with a vote?
1: Yeah. And we have troops just waiting to make sure all of them move.
0: Yeah. 20 million people.
1: hmm Yeah. So before the vote can happen, there's a bit of a blackout. And screens go blank. Screens get all staticky.
0: And that's it. And that's when Sam finally opens the box. hmm Let it out. We know it's not Gwyneth Paltrow's head. So what do you think it is? I think it's his new costume
1: and new pair of wings.
0: So you think he'll stick with the wings? Yes. To kind of make up for the fact that he doesn't have the super soldier serum? Probably that. And
1: also in the comics, even when he was Captain America, he still had his wings. Okay. So yeah, we will get that big reveal next week.
0: I can't wait to see him all suited up. Yeah, me too. Oh, it's going to be such an amazing moment. Mhm. I'm
1: looking forward to hear what his new Captain America theme is going to be.
0: Yes, yes.
1: If they're going to blend the other Captain America theme with his in some way.
0: Yeah, and given how amazing this soundtrack has been so far, I'm psyched for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh, there's somebody else still vying for the title.
1: Yes, so mid credit scene, we hear some hammering.
0: Dude, we have established. You are not <laughs> Steve Rogers. You are also not Tony Stark. Get the fuck out of that workshop.
1: <laughs> so John Walker is making his own shield. And he seems to be putting his medal... On the shield itself. Mm -hmm. So is this the birth of U.S. agent?
0: Or will he trip and fall on all the marbles that he's lost? (laughs) Because he done lost his mind. Mm -hmm. And again, Mrs. Walker, whatever your name is, run fast. Yeah, they don't even give her a name. It's a shame. Do you think that we'll see Madam Hydra again in the finale?
1: I sure hope so. Uh
0: Mm-hmm. I also really do want to see what the hell is up with that business card. It's killing me.
1: Yeah, if she doesn't show up in the episode proper, then she will probably be there in the mid-credits or end-credits scene.
0: Yeah, because we're totally getting those. 100%. Yeah. Just like we did with WandaVision.
1: Yeah, we have to.
0: Any final predictions, my dear?
1: No, I think I have... Predicted and theoried out everything I can think of. Although I have one thing to say, we will certainly not be seeing Dr. Rainer.
0: So you say. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it would be pretty interesting to see Dr. Rainer try to have a therapy session while these guys are flying around trying to kick everyone's asses.
0: And I also want to make clear, if we hear her voice, that counts. Not in a flashback
1: or a recap.
0: A phone call counts.
1: Not with her voice, if if her voice is not there. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> so she has to either be physically there or to hear from her, but not in a recap. Correct. Okay.
0: So now that we've sorted out our nonsense that no one cares about. <laughs> uh, there are a few people we would like to thank this week. Mm-hmm. So... First off, at Titanium T, So I had put out a Tumblr piece earlier this week discussing why the conversations that this show is sparking are so important and so necessary. And I want to thank at Titanium T for sending us a DM and letting me know why the word black is capitalized when referring to black people and white is not. Thank you so much for that.
1: At Crizzle 23 and Brooke Summers, Ayo can take
0: all of our money
1: and we shall also bow down to her.
0: One of us more than the other. Absolutely. Damon V, thanks for being supportive of our content and sharing your thoughts with us even when we don't agree. The world needs more people like you who know how to engage in a civil way.
1: At Greek Heat, with Simo heading to the raft, do you think we've seen the last of him?
0: And at the proper like, Thanks so much for sharing the podcast. We really appreciate it. And that about wraps things up for episode five. Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris.
1: And I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week for what is going to be the epic finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
0: The hat's staying here. It's staying put. I'm not moving it.
1: The hat's going to need to fly off because everything's either going to be right or kaput.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, if you guys have something to add, find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at MarvelMadams. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a quick iTunes review. It'll be really helping us out.
1: And don't forget to visit us at MarvelousMadams.com where Infinity Stones are a girl's best friend. I will not say anything because I have been in that position.
0: Are you going to tell me you didn't know who she is? Of course I knew who she is. I just. Oh, Jesus, don't scare me. (laughs)